One well-known pastor said that all big changes in life occur through prayer. Well, welcome to Parenting Great Kids. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker, and this is episode number 158. We have a really interesting show for you today. Joining me is Becky Thompson and her father, Dr. Mark Pitts. Becky's the best-selling author and creator of the Midnight Mom Devotional Community, gathering over one million moms in nightly prayer, speaking hope into the struggle of balancing life as a mother and a wife and a daughter of God, Becky has become the voice of modern Christian motherhood. You can learn more about Becky's top Christian podcast, Revived Motherhood, or find more of her work by visiting beckythompson.com. Her father, Dr. Mark Pitts, is a graduate of the University of Tulsa Law School. He's an ordained pastor and a well-known Bible teacher in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, where he lives with his wife, Susan. In 2019, Mark created the Midnight Dad devotional online community with his daughter, Becky. Mark enjoys teaching scripture and praying for dads. So if you have a dad or a husband who is a dad, an uncle who is a dad, or even a grandfather, check out Mark's Midnight Dad devotional online community and let them pray for that man. I know you're really going to enjoy this interview. So let's get to it now on this edition of Parenting Great Kids. Well, Becky and Mark, thanks so much for joining me on my podcast today. Well, we're just, we're blessed to, to be able to spend some time with you, something we've been looking forward to for a number of days. Thank you so much for having us on. You know, dads and daughters are very close to my heart because I wrote Strong Father, Strong Daughters a number of years ago. And I really did it because um, I was prompted to do it because of my father. And so, Becky, it's so cool that you got to work with your dad in creating a book. Was it fun? Was it challenging? What was it like for you? I'm going to start with, yes, it was fun and it was challenging with all of those things that you would imagine. Um, we had a we had a specific date in mind when we wanted this book to release. We really wanted it out before Father's Day because mm -hmm. we have this amazing online community of fathers and we wanted to have specifically not just something to give them, but a resource for yeah. women and men to offer to the dads in their lives. And so because we had that a uh, specific date in mind, we had a really tight deadline. And I say all of that because it really changed the dynamic of, I think, how we would have written the book over, you know, a long course of time. Mm -hmm. uh, just, we buckled down. It was in the middle of lockdown. So everything was locked down and we were just working together, writing the book, actually long distance. So we wrote it over the phone and um, in hours and hours of conversations, but it was really special, Dr. Meg. It was, it was amazing. You know, it's wonderful because I think that a lot of people who don't work together with their spouse or their, a parent or father um, sometimes don't appreciate how pressured it can be, but how fun it can be and how much you learn about the other person. So what a great opportunity. We're talking about the book Midnight Dad Devotional, 100 Devotions and Prayers to Connect Dads Just Like You to the Father. So Mark... Was this your idea or was it Becky's idea to write this book? Uh, a, a combination of both, in honesty. Um, we were blessed by the return of the results and the uh, uh, outpouring of, of for uh, the Midnight mm -hmm. Mom devotional. 
And so when we uh, looked around and we heard, we received messages from moms saying, is there something for the dads? Yeah. And uh, we discussed and thought about, well, who's going to write a Midnight Dad devotional? And hardly ever would, might we have thought it to be a, a father-daughter event. We thought it might have been a um, husband-wife event with Jared, uh, Becky's husband. And so we thought... Uh, Let's just see what we can do. And I thought, I know how to reach. I feel, I believe I know how to reach men. I believe I know how to reach fathers. I've been a father for uh, almost 40 years. And so uh, I felt like I could reach the needs and, and the feelings of men. And, and I just uh, jumped right in and did it. How wonderful. You know, you're absolutely right, because being a father for so many years allows you to a different, very different perspective um, once you've walked that walk for a long time. Mark, tell me as a father, you've seen a lot of changes in parenting and our view of fatherhood. What are the changes that you as a father have seen in our culture and their perspective of fathers? I think fathers have always wanted to be fathers. And I, and I, I know that sounds a little bit trite. Uh, fathers want to be good dads. I believe that fathers uh, want to be dads to their children. They want to have a relationship with their children. Uh, we've moved away from that, I think, in the, just in the course of my lifetime, where instead of being a father to our children, to have connection, to have relationship with our children, we've moved to a place of, of provision and, and protection and we're now concerned about parenting. We're concerned mm -hmm. about tasks. We're concerned about making sure that we're connected to helping the child do the homework or discipline or uh, helping a child get from place to place, uh, growing, uh, growing them up in their finances and that sort of thing. And so I believe ultimately the men I reach uh, uh, nightly on the Midnight Dead devotional uh, Facebook page, uh, I'm, I'm hearing from men who want to have, again, return to the idea of having a relationship with their children, mm -hmm. the, uh, a, conver a conversant relationship with their children, in, in the same way that I believe that many men want to have a relationship with their own Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. So why do you think fathers are not having that intimate relationship with their kids rather than a utilitarian one, sort of do your homework, let's go to soccer, um, you know, do your chores, that kind of thing. Why do you think fathers struggle with that so much? I'm going to be right honest with you. It's harder. It's easier to help a child with homework. It's easier to go off to work and come back and make sure that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and the laundry's done and the and the uh, uh, finances are, have come in. Uh, that's what dads do. That's what men do well. That's what they've been born to do. A father is a is a one hundred percent full time job for the rest of his life, and and it's hard to uh, relationally connect. I believe it's hard for men sometimes to relationally connect to their offspring, to their children. And Becky would be able to talk more about that perhaps, but I believe that that men struggle with that. And so we try to speak to those sorts of issues, speak, speak to those sorts of thoughts and feelings that men legitimately have, but don't know how to address. Right. Mm -hmm. Becky, you interact with millions of mothers. And so you, you hear from many of the mothers. When it comes to those women and their own fathers, what are some of the frustrations and difficulties you hear women talking about 
when it comes to their own dads, relationships with their own fathers? You know, um, honestly, Dr. Meg, it just seems like we all crave affirmation. We all crave the desire, you know, we have the desire to be seen, to be appreciated, to be known for who we really are. And as dad said, you know, it seems like this generation is more interested uh, in of fathers is more interested in returning to the idea of connecting relationally with their mm-hmm. children where perhaps the generation before didn't. But I wonder if my generation uh, didn't experience that as often as they wished they had. You know, I wonder if my generation had fathers that did dot I's and cross T's and made sure everything was okay, but maybe didn't have those conversations that they needed to have where they asked, are you okay? And there's a big difference between someone who makes sure you're okay and someone who asks you, are you okay? And I think that's one thing that we, you know, as a ministry and as a whole have really endeavored uh, for women specifically is to connect them to their heavenly father who can provide the affirmation and the connection that perhaps they lacked from their you know earthly father but then also train up a generation of fathers to know how to turn and perhaps break that cycle where once connected to their heavenly father have skills in place and have uh, conversations that they've had um, you know vertically so to speak, between earth and heaven that they can then extend, you know, horizontally toward those around them. Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it sounds great. I've got the picture in my head, you know, the, the, the vertical and the horizontal. I have heard, and I wanted to see what your take is on this, Becky, that sometimes women who have grown up with a father who is distant or cruel or even absent have a difficult time accepting God as a father because their whole view of a father is not very positive. So that when it comes to relating to God the Father, there's a lot of pushback and they say, thanks, but no thanks. What do you say to women who are feeling that? You know, I think it's so important to understand Jesus as a son. Uh, because, you know, when Jesus comes and he says, if you've seen me, then you've seen my father. You know, we know we think of ourselves as God's kids and we say all those words, but we have no idea what it means until we see Jesus's relationship with his heavenly father and his connection and his constant pull and desire to be in relationship with his heavenly father. And so for those women who are saying, I, I don't even understand the model here. I think, I don't want to sound cliche, but sometimes there's truth in things that sound simple, which mm-hmm. is as we walk with Jesus, we get to know our Heavenly Father as He knows Him and as He reveals Him. And so maybe you don't come in through, you know, your own understanding of the Father through your, your relationship with your dad, but maybe you trust Jesus and you allow him to shape what you didn't experience on your own. And I think that's so important, which is why Jesus is the door 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's why Jesus is the way. It's because, you know, he reveals what we couldn't possibly understand and what our own earthly fathers actually couldn't do fully on their own anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, our earthly fathers will never replace, will never replace and can only come close to being great examples, uh, earth side, so to speak, of what that relationship with our heavenly father is. But deep down, this is what we crave. We crave a relationship with the Father and not mm-hmm. just our fathers. Mm-hmm. Mark, I imagine there are going to be a lot of fathers out there who pick up this book and feel intimidated. You know, they say, well, God, the Father is perfect. And, you know, these are men who, who are going to read it, who have all of their lives together. And I, that's not me. I don't think I'm going to be able to relate to the book. What would you say to those men? I would say that the title tells us that there are a hundred different opportunities for a man to uh, a father a dad to connect to his to his own heavenly father Mm -hmm. and so it is not really written for a man or a father or a dad who has everything together it's written for this person this man that you this this father that you are asking about it's written for a for a for a, a hardworking man. It's work uh, for a hardworking father. It's I. Uh, it's written for someone who uh, struggles with identity, who struggles with uh, finances, who struggles with uh, things that he feels he, he ought to be able to be do, doing for his family. And so, just by opening up and uh, the book and finding one where he can relate. It will give him that opportunity to say, you know what, I'll bet I'm in here several more places. I'll bet there's other opportunities where God is trying to speak to me in these types of situations. I would never expect a dad to read through 100 devotions. I would hope that he would open the book and find himself one time in those pages so that he could see that God wants to speak with him and have the relationship with him that that God wants and that I believe this father wants for himself. Mm -hmm. Becky, do you have any thoughts about that? Have you ever interacted with any women or moms who say, you know, my husband just kind of intimidated by this. He he doesn't know God. He doesn't have a faith. Um, how can I get him to read it? How do you encourage women to encourage their husbands to read the book or their fathers to read the book? You know, that's one thing. That's a message I have gotten quite a few times since, you know, beginning the discussion about this work. I have women that say, I want my husband to know God the way that you talk about knowing God, the way that I know God, the way that other men that I know know God. And is this book going to be too much for them? Are they going to open it up and think one more thing where I don't understand and one more thing where everybody knows the story and I don't? You know, the devotions are actually, I think this is so important. They're written to be read in under two minutes. And the whole story, the whole idea is fully contained. There's no backstory he's missing. There's no relationship insight that he didn't have that's going to make him feel less than. He's going to open it up. And the hope is read about a time in scripture where God met another man with exactly what this dad needs at the time. You know, maybe he's not Gideon and maybe he's not Peter, but maybe he does need strength and wisdom. And so these are the things we're pulling from. And, you know, one more thing, Dr. Meeker, is that my hope is that women actually read the book as well, because I think there's a lot of insight to her husband's heart in this book. I think there's a lot of insight to what he might need and ways that she can practically go, 
I didn't realize my husband was struggling with this, perhaps. You know, I didn't realize he was processing it this way. I guess I could turn and just say this to him. You know, I could tell him about this story in scripture. I could be the voice, you know, that he needs to hear in this season. I think there's a lot of uh, truth and hope for both of them, truly, in this work. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that because I think that men and women, mothers and fathers, think so differently. Yeah, now that sounds counterculture to what we hear. We're all supposed to sort of think the same, but we don't. And I love that for women to read the book, to understand their own fathers and to understand their husbands uh, well. Parents, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Becky and Dr. Mark Pitts. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of this conversation. Well, welcome back to Parenting Great Kids. My guests are Becky Thompson and Dr. Mark Pitts. Is this a book for believers or non-believers or both? I think it's easy to say both because I think that the person who holds this book in their hand, the father is already drawing his heart, you know, through the Holy Spirit. I think that if this book reaches the hands of, a, of any man and he opens it up, he will encounter truth. And whether or not he knows the father as his own father yet, there's even a devotion for the dad who doesn't believe yet. There's a devotion for the father on his journey and how to give his life to the Lord. And, you know, there's devotions for dads who have been following God for decades. So the hope is that this book really does reach uh, the whole spectrum of life in the kingdom. So we we believe that the book is not specifically written to a Christian man, Christian father, or even a father who has a particularly strong relationship with his heavenly father, uh, with God. Um, it's written for, for a father who has issues. It's written for a father who's struggling with different things, just like uh, just like um, uh, men in Scripture struggle with their with issues themselves, or what, how, in whatever form, in whatever fashion. We start off by saying tonight we pray for the dad who is, and that connects him to an idea of some relationship with God by the use of the word pray. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to feel as though something supernatural is happening, that he can read the words of the, of the devotional and understand that it's speaking to someone like him. We, we often start the devotional with the word, Dad, did you know, or words to that effect. Dad, I know you're going through and words to that effect. So that the dad understands that this is going to be about someone perhaps like him, and that when he reads this, he's going to find out that someone like him has a relationship with God. And therefore, this dad can also have a relationship with God in his own right, at his own choosing, in his own time. You know, Mark, it seems to me that many men or even women who are going to read a devotional like this think, well, if I open the pages and I read you know, my situation, God is going to tell me to A, B, and C, obey him and do what he says. Sometimes that's pretty intimidating and it feels cold. But your devotional doesn't do this. 
what I sensed as I was reading it is you're presenting a God to men who are struggling and want to do really well by their kids, that God is opening his arms and wrapping them around fathers. Did you write that way intentionally? Yes, we did. And we did that because men have enough rules. There are enough rules. Uh, and, and unfortunately, sometimes, as you just rightly said, uh, we have an idea that when we're speaking with God, there's rules involved. Do this. Don't do that. And uh, uh, a husband, father has to get up. He, he gets up in the morning. He does what he's supposed to do. He has a to-do list. He's, he's planning to go about his day. He has certain things he wants to accomplish. And the last thing he wants to have to accomplish is reading a book that gives him more rules and gives him more responsibilities. But what we wanted to do was to show that having a relationship with our Heavenly Father is relational and it's conversational. We wrote the book in a conversational style. That was very important and that was part of the uh, work that went into the book was trying to make sure that someone, a a dad, a, a father could open the book and see himself and hear himself perhaps speaking to God or God speaking to him because when we believe, when we hear God speaking to us, however that happens and in whatever fashion and in whatever form it takes, we can feel closer to him. Our goal was to allow a dad to spend a minute and a half and be closer to God than when he be, than when he started. That has been, that was our, 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 our main hope and we believe that we have succeeded in that endeavor. Awesome. You know, Becky, I wanted our audience to get to know you a little bit better because many don't know what you were doing before you and your dad wrote this book. So you really started encouraging mothers and inspiring mothers to pray for their kids and everything kind of blew up. Why did women respond so well to you calling them to prayer and devotion? Dr. Meg, I think women connect to what we do in the Midnight Mom devotional community because each night we see them. You know, if they're unfamiliar, if our listeners are unfamiliar with what we do, every night we post a prayer online at about 8.30 on Facebook, and it points out a very specific need that a mom might be facing. Tonight we pray for the mama who has a newborn. Tomorrow night might be for the mama who has a high school graduate. And it's a very short prayer, but we ask God to meet those needs that she's facing specifically. And then we're seeing thousands, tens of thousands of women share the prayer, comment below. And what that tells us is that women two things. They want to be seen, but they also want to know that they're not alone in what they're facing and what they're going through. And that when you invite God into the situation, there's hope. There's hope in community. And there's also hope in the promise that God doesn't leave them alone. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Mark, are you anticipating seeing that with your devotional and dads, or do you think dads will respond in a different way? We haven't had, on our level, on the scale that we have response, uh, we have uh, 4 million people, in, 4, 4 million interactions a month. Uh, we have in the neighborhood of, uh, of 150,000 reactions a night. And our our prayers are intended to cause a dad to show a dad that that he's seen, and that God knows where he is, and that he's in, to, he's to be encouraged about tomorrow. 
We see often that moms are looking at what has gone on the day before and asking God to um, to bless that and to see and to see her where she is and that she's going to be that he's going to protect her from the things that uh, she's had to go through this day. But the dad, on the other hand, is 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 hopefully looking forward to tomorrow. And the idea that the prayer is intended to boost him to tomorrow, to help him see that tomorrow is another day, that tomorrow will be better, and that regardless of how good or how, how poor this day was, that tomorrow will be better, and that God will be with him on his journey as he takes a step every single day. Hope. It's about just revealing hope to people that isn't a fantasy. It's real. It's something that we can have because God affirms that we can have it, and he tells us unequivocally that we can have it. And I think even doing that and giving that to mothers and to fathers is critically important to not just our faith, but our contentment in life, our joy, and the sort of um, nourishing of our soul that we need. The book is Midnight Dad Devotional, 100 Devotions and Prayers to Connect Dads just like you, to the father. My guests have been Becky Thompson and her father, Dr. Mark Pitts, uh, the authors of this book. And it's just been delightful meeting you and uh, talking about this very, very important topic with all of our listeners. I know it's going to resonate with many of them, and I strongly encourage them to connect with you, to read the book. How can our listeners connect with each of you? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having us on, uh, Dr. Meeker. And, you know, the listeners can find us very simply on Facebook at Midnight Mom Devotional and Midnight Dad Devotional. So they just pull up the search bar there on Facebook and both of our online communities will show up there. Uh, you know, and on those communities, we actually have very easy access to the links to find the book and find the website with more information. They can also connect with us at BeckyThompson.com. So, Mark, I know there are going to be listeners who would love to connect with you. Uh, how can they do that? Well, the easiest way would be the Midnight Dad Devotional Facebook page, and they'll see and they'll hear and they'll read uh, a prayer for them every single night, about 8.30 Central Time. This has been so much fun. Anything I can do, I mean, you probably don't need encouragement or anything, but I just, I love the work you're doing, and I think that, um, we don't have enough encouragement and inspiration out there for dads, um, and particularly now. And so, you know, men are being beaten up so terribly. So I think, I hope and pray that God will really continue to bless your work and expand your territory. It's just so, so critically important. Oh, thank you, Dr. Meg. I mean that. Thank you so much. It's just, it's been an honor to be on your program and to share and chat with you. Thank you for making space for us. And those were very wonderful words of encouragement for us. It's something that uh, we take very seriously, and we're hoping, just like you, we're hoping to be able to reach more and more men um, every single day. Well, I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Becky and her dad, Dr. Mark Pitts, today. Let's review my points to ponder. One, pay attention. Dads need help. You know, we tend to forget that 
our fathers need help. We focus on our kids or our friends or extended family. And sometimes we just forget the dads in our lives. We're pretty good at criticizing those dads and pointing out everything they're doing wrong. I do this with my husband. Stop it. Take one week and watch the dad in your life, whether it's your father or your husband, find four to five things that he's good at and compliment him for these things. Do this for one month and you'll be amazed at the change you'll see in him. Two, dads need our prayers. So pray for them. One of the first instincts when we see someone make a mistake is to verbally correct them. Sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. Usually it doesn't. What we do know if we want change in a person is to pray for them. Studies have shown that even sick people who are prayed for recover faster. Three, pray for your relationships. We often pray for individuals or give God a list of concerns, but we often forget to pray for a relationship we have with our parents, particularly one that needs help. Perhaps we need to forgive someone, or perhaps they need to forgive us. There's nothing better that brings two people closer together than praying for one another. I want to thank my guests, Becky Thompson and Dr. Mark Pitts, for joining me on the show today. You can find out more about their book, Midnight Dad Devotional, at beckythompson.com. There you can find out how to join Becky's thriving online community. Once again, it's beckythompson.com. Let's recap my points to ponder. One, pay attention. The dad in your life needs help. Two, Dads need our prayers, so pray. Three, pray for your relationships. Remember, check out meekerparenting.com and sign up for my private community or check out one of the many courses I have. You will love them. So until next time, parents, remember, great kids are raised, not born.